Welcome to Outstanding Women Leaders bonus episode with Angela Lewis. Angela is a former NCAA athlete as well. She played basketball, which was my favorite sport that I ever played. And we're just talking about all things athlete today. Katie, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, I think we've seen a lot of positive things happen with women's basketball in particular the past month with the Final Four and LSU and the NIL deal. So thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about our background in sports and how that's impacted us today. Yeah, March Madness is always, so my birthday's in March. I've always said March Madness yeah. is my favorite holiday. And uh, my dad has just always been a fan of women's sports and men's sports. So March Madness is both for him. It's exciting to see women getting a little bit more time on the TV and people actually caring uh, yes. Know, yeah. Tell me where a little bit about you and basketball. Where'd you play at? How'd you get involved? And so, Katie, I am six foot one, and I've been this height since I was twelve years old. And for me, playing basketball was the place that I gained confidence because it wasn't cool back in the few years ago to be, um, you know, really tall and young, and I felt really uncomfortable being just who I was naturally. So basketball was the place where I learned to build confidence, where I met other girls who were my height, but then also it was the place where I learned that if you just keep practicing, you'll get better. So I went on to play at St. Louis University, received a full athletic scholarship, and then I played in Germany. And then I coached college basketball for five years. So March Madness is everything that's right with the world. <laughs> yes, what college did you coach at? I coached at West University, Southeast Missouri State University, and Marquette University, Director of Basketball Operations there. And then mm -hmm. I coached with the St. Louis Surge. It's a professional women's team in St. Louis. And so basketball is um, really at the core of who I am. Yeah, I relate a little bit to being tall. So I was 5'7 in sixth grade, which just felt really, really tall. Yep. Uh, my aunts are both over six foot. So uh, I guess I got the short end of the stick with my family. <laughs> Um, but we but Katie, did have, we had oh, fourth sorry. and sixth grade basketball mm -hmm. and I was in sixth grade. So we're a couple of my friends, we signed up for this league. Everybody else was mostly in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they came up to, to my waist. Um, so I imagine you blocked a lot of shots. Uh, what did. position did you play? <laughs> I played four. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I played forward and center. Forward and center. Yeah. I played center until all of a sudden I wasn't tall anymore. <laughs> you know what's crazy is I didn't realize that the average height of a woman is 5'4". Mm -hmm. So you're well above average. Yeah. Yeah. And so it felt really tall up there until everybody caught up. <laughs> until everyone <laughs> caught up grew. to me. Yeah. And when they did all of the like divvying the people up to play um, recreational sports in seventh and eighth grade, they took all the every tall, every team had a tall girl. <laughs> and we were all <laughs> friends. And, you know, I really relate to the fitting in and the confidence. Um, back then they would weigh you in school, like they would come to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you're over five, when you're over five, five, you're going to weigh a hundred pounds. <laughs> like that's just exactly. How um, but to, I remember Lindsay and I just feeling like we were the twins because we both had brown hair and brown eyes and we're over a hundred pounds and we were five, <laughs> seven. <laughs> and there's just something to be said about finding your people, right. And feeling comfortable in your own skin. 
Yes, when you find your people, you never want to let them go. And it feels so odd when you're not with them. Yeah. yeah. How do you fit in, in in Germany? How do you like adjust? I think this is something athletes are really good at, but what was that like for you? The beauty of being an athlete is you, are, you already have this group of friends, so you're on a team already. But one of the things that was really powerful was meeting other Americans. This was my first time traveling internationally, living in another country, actually having a passport. And so what made Germany really special beyond basketball and our team was actually the friendships that I met along the way and being there. And so I have a friend, we've been friends 20 years now because of our experience being in Germany and playing basketball. And so, yeah, I think you fit in. Basketball is kind of the lead in and then you meet others along the way. Yeah, that's true. The good, the team. And I love using that team mentality when I coach in corporate is under, and I was a high school teacher as well, is that this is your team. And although you may feel like you're the coach or you're the leader, this you want to see your team play well together. And a good team knows that where each other's going to be before they're even there. You know, a good teammate can anticipate where their players are going to go and be able to get the ball to them. So there's a lot uh, to be said for athletes when they enter the the work arena as well. What are, what are some of the you know, the mental fitness that you've really picked up as an athlete? Part of one thing, and you know, being an entrepreneur um, and as an athlete, you learn that you weren't great at everything when you first started. When you reach a certain level, you know what it feels like to be good, but I can distinctly remember not knowing how to make a left-hand layup. Could not do it, it was so hard. But then over the years, it becomes second nature and it's much easier. And so that's one of those mental fitness um, things that you learned, like you just stay with it and you keep practicing and you know that you're going to get better literally the only way that you don't improve is that you just stop doing anything. And so there's comfort in that, especially on the most challenging days. It's that you just like shooting a left-hand layup, you just stay with it. And eventually you get better at it. Yeah. That's a good analogy. So I, uh, my freshman year, I got mono and I couldn't play tennis or play basketball that year. It was also the year that they brought all the freshmen up, brand new coach and cut all of the sophomores, all my friends, um, the first parent to complain got their kid back on the team. The rest of us were sort of <laughs> on our own. And they they asked me if I wanted to keep book. And I will say that sometimes athletes, we have a little bit of an ego. So I'm like, those are the people that aren't good at sports that keep book. <laughs> and so for me, tennis was a non-contact sport. And I had done played tennis because I was an only child. And uh, all you need is a wall and a ball, which is how I learned to play. And that was where I took lessons. And you're right, you show up and you get better. And what you learn, um, left-handed layups were hard for me. What I learned uh, trying to reinvent my grip on my racket and going through that where you feel like a, a baby deer learning to walk. You do learn perseverance. You also, you learn that your, your inner game and how you feel about what you're about to do makes a bigger impact almost than just being able to do it. Yes, that is so good. And what you say to yourself and how you keep yourself going, that inner game is so important. 
what are some of the coaching tips you've coached women's basketball? Like, what do you, what are some of the things that you see for the inner game? That's a struggle for women. And how do we overcome that on the court and in life? Oh, that's such a good question. That's so deep. Okay. So what? how do, okay. Will you ask again? I want to make yeah, sure yeah. So that I, that you know, I have it. Coaching women. How do you help yeah. them with their inner game? How do you help them overcome like wherever those blocks are? Okay. So part of what I think women do more so than men is we're really critical of ourselves and what we say to ourselves impacts us a lot in terms of how we show up and how we perform and we don't give ourselves enough grace when we make mistakes. We're not saying, I'm not saying intentionally mess everything up, but no athlete does. Rarely do you try to make turnovers and give the ball away. Are you trying to miss, you know, 70, 80% of your shots? You're actually trying to make it. And so the ability to bounce back quicker is the advice that I gave to players when we coach this, just keep going. You literally cannot change what has happened. You recognize what happened and you can pinpoint more quickly what you can do better. So the quicker we can identify how to make it better next time, the quicker we can move on and actually make it better next time. Mm. So that transfers in life as well, beyond beyond just um, playing sports. And I think the last piece of that is we all need coaching. We all need coaches. And oftentimes as athletes, once we leave the sports arena, we feel like we, we got it. And it's something I wish I would have learned earlier on, like made sure I had another coach as soon as I left all of my coaches, like have another coach because we need people to help guide us who can see things we can't and see things in us that we don't necessarily know is there. Mm -hmm. uh, two things came up for me. I'll ask my first one because I'm dying to know. So we're playing in March Madness. We're down, you know, eight points. Mm -hmm. We've got five minutes left. What is the, what are you telling us to get us to focus and to win this game? <laughs> okay. Five minutes left. We're down eight. Yep. Who, I, so I, I have so many questions. Who on our team is hot right now? And who do we need to stop on their team? Those that, so that's, part of it. What's the foul situation? <laughs> so are we in close to being in the bonus? But I would say one, stay aggressive. If without knowing all of the other answers, I would give three pieces of advice. First, stay aggressive going to the basket. Two, I would say every possession is critical. So you play every possession as if there are no more possessions left. Forget the whole five minutes because five minutes in basketball time could be 20 minutes, right? So we'll focus on one possession at a time. And then the third thing I would say is we have to stay together. So we are fighting for each other. I would do something in the huddle where I would get everyone to look in each other's eyes and like force them like to solidify our unit even closer to go into these last five minutes. And I would say we're going to win. Like, mm. So that's that's what I would say. Top of mind. Some amazing life advice in there. Uh, stay aggressive. You know, one of my main challenges as a tennis player for singles was playing my own game. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to show up and someone's not as good as you. And now you're playing their game instead of your game. And that's Absolutely. not right. So staying aggressive in life when you're, when the clock is down in life, I like to think of life as a clock at 12 o'clock. Life is amazing. At 12, 15, you know, maybe I rear-ended someone, but everything's okay. <laughs> 
at 12 30 like my car's on fire and I <laughs> like 12 30 is where things are you know we're down eight points and now we've got to figure this out so staying aggressive and then one possession at a time so often because we're visionaries we're thinking of the eight things ahead but we just need to have the next win <laughs> right and the and one if we can get it but we really just need to get this basket and then the staying together you know so back to that scenario, five minutes, we're down eight points and two of your players are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. What do we do? What do we do there? Two players are fighting each other. We're down eight. We determined how good the game is going for them. <laughs> and so do we need to separate them? Does someone need to take a break and sit down? And then what I would hope is that whoever's the leader, so we need someone who's on the team who could separate that. But if it's me, if I need to step in, then I would reassure them that we're working together and we need each other. So re-emphasize the fact that we can't do this alone. And if you all are fighting about something that's internal, then that needs to stop so that we can win because it's bigger than the two of them. It's actually about our team winning. Yeah. And all of these lessons, they go right into corporate America. They go right into whatever business that we're running and all of the employees we have is we can't do it alone. And I, just to go back to your other point of, as soon as you left coaching, you know, having a, or left back playing, having a coach yourself that can give you those insights and support you is super important. Yeah. How are you coaching people today? This is all of my life. (laughs) I have, there's six people who are on our team at LA Public Relations. And so I'm always thinking about them way more than they even know um, about what their personal goals are, what our company needs are, what our client needs are. And so I'm always thinking about how do I push, listen and push them to be better at the skills we need, but then also how do I help support them in whatever goals that they have for their lives. Mm. So there's that way. And then with our clients, it's always coaching on, okay, how do you share your story in a way that's meaningful and impactful? How do we ensure that you're confident and clear in your messaging? So there's coaching on both of those aspects, whether it's with our clients or with our team. And you also treat them as a whole person, which is what I love about coaching is that we know that there's goals in life that we want to achieve and there's goals at work. And we can support you at work to achieve those outside of that. Absolutely. And people, when people know that you care about them, they're willing to be more open with you and they're an honest and also work harder to help achieve whatever you're setting out to as well. It's reciprocal. Yeah. Yeah. And the power of empathy also when people see you as a human and realize that You're not just this person that shows up to work to bark orders. You're not there just to win championships, but you're also there to support them. And also you're a whole person and you have needs outside of the work as well. Definitely. It makes a difference. It builds, it builds those bonds that allow you to get through challenging times. Lord knows we've had them, whether it's with clients or, you know, individually dealing with personal things as well. People always ask me what makes a great client. Like, what kind of client are you looking for? And I, my response is someone that wants to be coached. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Athletes have that. You know, athletes do want to be coached. And 
Um, but we also, the better we get, the less of a beginner's mindset we have, uh, the, right? Uh, if we are learning a left-hand layup for the first time, it's going to be a lot easier to get that skill than it is to say, oh, I'd like to really improve my free throw percentage or my, um, so it, it's, uh, new skills are just so much easier to get. It's those middle of the road skills and trying to, to grow those that are hard. What are some of your tips for perseverance? I think this is really what athletes are known for. Tips for perseverance is keeping the big vision in mind. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when we're in the midst of working through a problem or dealing with an unexpected situation, we forget about the long game. So always remember the long game and the big vision. Another tip for perseverance is take action because we can get caught up in our minds about what the big vision, right? So in, in one hand I say, keep the big vision in mind, but don't sit there and think about it. Like keep it in mind and then go do the work to get you closer. So keep the vision in mind, take action and then chunk it down into little steps. So what's the next, like the one next thing, the next best thing that you can do that will help you get just an inch closer to the goal. Is it calling that person back? Is it sending that email? Is it just sitting down and finishing that report? Mm -hmm. And Probably the last piece I would say is focus on doing that one thing at that time. Like we mentioned earlier, it's your ability to really lock in at the time that you need to lock in will help you so much more than trying to piecemeal all of these little parts together. Mm, yeah, that's great advice. We know that 20% of what we do makes 80% of the difference. So really getting dialed in on that focus. Ah, I love hearing tips from a fabulous female coach. I love talking March Madness. It's so great to talk even a little bit about the inner game. There's uh, inner game dynamics and a team are so different because your inner game is also impacted by everybody else's inner game. Uh, playing tennis for me was an opportunity for me to watch my own inner game as a singles player and then hop into doubles and watch the two of us and our inner game and how we could support each other. Um, any last tips that you want to leave us on performance or life in general, you've just a wealth of knowledge. Oh, thank you. Last tips are stay the course and give it a chance to develop. A lot of times when things get hard, you know, I talk about what I've done in basketball, but it was really hard when I was 12, 13, 14, 15. I didn't become a decent player for years down the road, maybe five years, especially because there's so many there, there's always a new level to learn. So if you can stick with it long enough, you'll see your growth and development. And of course, go help someone else as you learn new skills, because that keeps, that helps you learn better, but it also ensures that other people can move faster along their journey as well. Spoken like a true leader. You got to bring other people <laughs> along for the ride as well. Yes. And we know we have mastery when we can teach someone else something. Um, so thank you for sharing Absolutely. those tips. You need to make sure you will head over to hear the full episode with Angela Lewis and hear all about ALA public relations and the work that she's doing in the world since she's left professional sports, still professional, just not shooting a basketball. Uh, so to, you know, go ahead and tune into our full episode there.